testing one, two. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Is this okay? Is this volume okay? All right, great. So we're back. Uh, nothing's really changed much, huh? <laughs> kind of sitting in the same place. and mm, But a lot is going on. Been in some of the sessions with you all and it's really a beautiful time in the, in the retreat right now. The things are settling, people are at a place of a lot more clarity and stillness. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to be with you. So at this five o'clock hour, we are back with the Brahma Viharas. Again, um, which are the four divine abodes. They are the four divine emotions. Really, they're the highest emotions that one should live by most of the time, if not all the time, if possible. These are the kinds of emotions, and you've, you're living in them, <laughs> in the dorms. So these qualities, they're qualities of the heart that we keep bringing up at five o'clock at this hour every day, really as we cultivate this mindfulness practice and this wisdom and um, we're also cultivating the heart and the mind heart, that mind heart that is where we come from so much of the time in our lives where we're driven by. And so the divine qualities of the heart, we need to, we want to cultivate And so that's what this practice is about as well. So why are they important? Why why are these four divine abodes important? They actually, they bring about wise actions in everything we do. They could bring about wise actions. So... I'm going to talk today about mudita, which is one of my favorite Brahma-viharas. You know, when I was um, learning about the Dharma and Buddhism, there was so much about suffering, so much about suffering. A yogi even came in today and it's like, you know, if our natural inclination is to crave and be aversive and create suffering... What's this all about? Why even live? (laughs) And this particular teaching is about the joy. Mudita is about joy. And it's a lovely, lovely one of the Brahma-viharas of the qualities of the heart. But typical of Buddhism, it's not about your joy. (laughs) It's about someone else's joy. So don't take it personal. (laughs) So it is. It's about what is called sympathetic joy, right? The joy for someone else's goodness, the wonderful things that are happening in other people's lives that you can point to that that open your heart, that really bring about 
your joy. And so my teacher and friend Larry Yang says, it's the highest places where our hearts reside. The highest places where our hearts reside. It's bigger than a personal pleasure. So bigger than a personal pleasure. I mean, we really go for personal pleasures a lot and something that's bigger than that. It's welcoming in less suffering for another when you welcome less suffering and, and really, really are affected by their happiness. It's gladness. It's, the, it's that deep, wonderful feeling. And you know what it feels like. You know what it feels like when someone, when you've had a success and someone says to you, wow, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. That feels so good. That's that, that real feeling. And then you also know when somebody says, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you know what that means as well, right? We've all been there. We've all been there. And that's why for me, I think about this one as this Brahma Bihara, to me, is absolutely the most difficult one to cultivate because we're so, there's so much culture. We have, we have a culture around competition and around all those things about me, me, mine, I. And so when someone else is happy, there's this default that we have. So often we have this default that is really hard for us to genuinely be happy. Even our best friends, even our loved ones, right? What happens when your best friend, you know, finds the partner of their life and, you know, maybe you don't have a partner and you want one and... And they're super joyful about, look what just happened in my life. I found the person of my life. And you go, yeah, you're happy. And then there's this other subtext of, when am I going to get mine? Right? It's really hard not to have that voice. What about me? What about me? It's really easier to be happy for someone's successes when it's something that you personally don't want. <laughs> you know? But when you want that same thing, it's really hard. I mean, right now, some dear, dear Dharma sisters of mine are at Forest Refuge in Massachusetts with two of my lovely, wonderful teachers, Tanisara and Kitasaro, and they're at Forest Refuge for a month. And I was so happy for them. Sort of. <laughs> I really wanted to be there. You know, it was like, oh, those long retreats, longer retreats. Oh, I need long retreat practice right now. And so, you know, even within retreat, within the Dharma, it's just really difficult. I mean, right? Somebody may be sitting super comfortably with your cushions. And it's like, the mind, the mind is really, it's a funny thing. So what we're doing is training and cultivating this, this, these qualities of the heart that can actually genuinely be present and happy for others, 
for their well-being, for their successes, for the wonderful things that happen in life. You know, it almost seems that it's easier to connect with people in tragedy sometimes than in happiness. I mean, we've had a lot of examples of tragedy in the country, and people are there for each other. It's been a beautiful display of compassion, hasn't it? It's been a really beautiful display of compassion with all the tragedies, with the fires and the hurricanes and all of that. And people really are genuinely moved and there and supporting each other. But don't let your, you know, your best friend get <laughs> you know, that book published that, and you're the writer and you're self-publishing, you know? And you're like, wow, why didn't that happen for me? And it's really, really something that we can cultivate because, honestly, that's not who we really are. There's a lot of science around it that we really are wired. Contrary to popular belief, we are wired to have compassion and non-competitiveness and collaboration with each other. That's really how we're wired. So what is in the way? There's judgment, right? That comparing mind, like comparing yourself to others. Am I good enough? Even here on retreat, the person who's walking slower than you, (laughs) right? There's that comparing mind and maybe the person who sits the last one in the hall or the first one. You're looking at that. There's envy and jealousy are in the way. Those are qualities that we really want to excavate and look at them and turn them around and, and, and see. Have clearer, more open heart. Greed. There's the scarcity of mindset as well, like there's not enough. There's not enough for everybody to go around. So, you know, I need to get mine. You know, someone took the American dream. Someone took my American dream. That's my job. That's not your job. The immigrants, it's their fault. The people of color, it's their fault. That's my job. That scarcity mindset, that competitive mindset. And as I said, contrary to popular belief, even Darwin you know, the social Darwinism, like, you know, it's not true, that's not the full extent of Darwin's study. He also went towards that there is this collaboration among life. Life collaborates. The Buddha said, in a battle, the winners and the losers both lose. So the Brahma-viharas are relational practices. The relation that we have with each other, we are all in relation here on this planet with life with each other. And the Brahma-viharas themselves are in relationship to each other. So metta, we've been talking about metta. This has been a lot of metta practice. Metta is the foundation of the four Brahma-viharas. And then if you take that friendliness of metta, and face it towards difficulty, compassion comes towards it. So we cultivate compassion. 
And when metta turns towards something that's going really well, mudita flourishes. It flowers and opens up. So they are all in relationship. And when the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows are in balance, we get equanimity. So everything is in relation to the other. So if you find yourself connected to too much sorrow, a good practice is to bring in mudita. Think about somebody in your life that is really having a beautiful time, beautiful things are happening. Bring that mudita, allow the heart to open up. Feel what that feels like. You know, I, um, I did the AIDS ride twice. And there's nothing like busting your butt for a week of pure torture for someone else. It's the highest high. By the end of the AIDS ride, people from, it's a bicycle ride from San Francisco to LA. It is, there's nothing like that feeling of giving on that level. Something completely selfless. Completely selfless. It's an amazing feeling. I happen to have the fortune to have learn about mudita through my family, through my brother. I have a brother who passed away now, who was, um, gosh, he was sick his whole life. He was disabled his whole life. Something, this body never worked. So if he wasn't at home, he was either in the hospital or at home, always something going on. He didn't get a chance to experience life like most of us do. But can I tell you, he was so filled with mudita. Everybody who came to him, he was just what, he would live through them, through their experiences. But he was so happy. He was everybody's biggest fan, no matter what. And you would think someone in his situation would be sour. Not at all. So when I found out about mudita, I said, that's Larry Mason. I learned that a long time ago. That's who he is. And so it immediately became my favorite Brahma Vihara because I really always wondered how did he have such a big heart and live such a small life, it seemed. It's possible. It's possible. We all have it in us. So we're going to learn some phrases. So arrive onto your cushion now. Let's find ourselves or your chair, wherever you are. Just allow yourself to become fully present, feeling the body, noticing what's swirling in the mind right now. Bring your attention to the heart, to your heart space. Right into your heart center. And if it helps, you can touch your heart with one hand or both hands. 
Now remember, this is, this is all about appreciative joy. So delight in the thoughts that you have about each person that you're going to bring into your heart space. Turning the sides of the mouth up, upward also helps to create a smile on your face and in your heart. A couple of phrases that we'll do is may your happiness and good fortune continue. May your happiness and good fortune continue. I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy that you're happy. May your happiness increase. May your happiness increase. going to repeat them again. May your happiness and good fortune continue. May your happiness and good fortune continue. I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy that you're happy. May your happiness increase. May your happiness increase. So we're going to begin with a friend. Bring into your heart center a friend, a, a positive friend, that, and contemplate things that are going well for this person. Things that are going really well. Something may have just happened. May your happiness and good fortune continue. Repeating the phrase in your mind, may your happiness and good fortune continue. I'm happy that you're happy.
may your happiness increase. And filling that person up with, in your heart, with mudita. Move that person out of the center, just still to the edges of the heart. And bring the benefactor in, right to the center. A benefactor who has been successful with something, something going well. May your happiness and good fortune continue. I'm happy that you're happy. May your happiness increase. And with your heart filled with mudita, pure joy, moving the benefactor just around, still in the heart, out to the edge a little bit, opening up the center, bringing in your neutral person. And you may not know, obviously, the neutral person, what's going on in their lives, but still feeling the joy of their successes. May you find joy and happiness in your life. May you find joy and happiness in your life. And may your happiness increase.
And again with the heart filled with mudita. Taking that person and moving them over to another side of the heart. They're not taking, we're not pushing anybody out of our heart. Just opening up the center. Bringing in your least challenging person. Whoever you've been working with. Knowing that happiness is good for all of us. It's for all of us. May you find joy and happiness in your life. Allowing the heart to open. May you find joy and happiness in your life. and making room for all beings now, bringing everyone back to the center. All beings. Wishing well for all beings, for their happiness, for their joy. May your happiness and good fortune continue Or may you find joy and happiness in your life. May all beings find happiness and joy. May all beings be well. And last but not least, putting ourselves in the middle. Udita for self is more like a gratitude practice. Aspects of your life that you're grateful for. Just bring that into your heart, into your heart-mind right now. Aspects of your life that you're grateful for.
This is a purification practice. Purifying your heart-mind of all those tendencies that we don't want. Jealousy, envy. And replacing it with mudita. This is actually who we really are. Thank you for this wonderful practice. Take it with you as we walk and have our supper. See if you can't keep that feeling of mudita, of all the beings that are around you, feeling happy for each other. Yeah? Keeping the joy alive. This is who we really are. Have a wonderful meal. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.